Hey, what's going on, Eastside? This is Brock Nevitt, and uh, today we're going to turn to Amos chapter 7. If you got your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Amos. If you don't have your Bibles, press pause, go get your Bibles, dust it off, try and find Amos chapter 7. That's where we're going to be. We're going to try and hit Isaiah. We're going to try and hit James. We'll see how much time we have, but we're going to start in Amos chapter 7 uh, this morning. Uh, let's pray before we get into it. Father, uh, we just pray over over your word. Lord, we, we bless your word. We thank you for it. It gives us life. It, it sustains us. And uh, Lord, today uh, we just want to hear from heaven. We want to hear you. We want to hear your voice to us um, through through your word today. So bless it, Lord. Um, give us ears to hear. Amos chapter 7, starting in verse 7. It says this, This is what he showed me. Behold, the Lord was standing beside a wall, built with a plumb line, with a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord said to me, Amos, what do you see? And I said, a plumb line. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I am setting a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. I will never again pass them by. So the plumb line has really been uh, a theme over the last couple weeks. Um, over the last few weeks, uh, starting with JP, um, I believe was the first to kind of mention this idea of the plumb line. In fact, I think he used this exact uh, reference in Amos. Uh, and then Pastor Alex has uh, referenced this and mentioned this idea of a plumb line a couple different times um, over the last few weeks. And this is just something that's really resonated in my heart. And as, a, as somebody who has uh, a background in construction and carpentry, uh, I get a mental image of, of this plumb line. And, and when the Lord's saying, um, I'm, I'm holding a plumb line in my hand, a wall built with a plumb line, and I'm setting a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel, I get this uh, pretty vivid image in my hand because, again, as a carpenter, I'm used to dealing with, or at least trying to deal with things that are plumb and level and so that's that's something that's pretty common to me so i want to dive in a little bit to what is a plumb line and why is that so important not just here but it's mentioned uh, the idea of a plumb line is mentioned a couple different places in scripture so i want to uh, i want to just dive into what is a plumb line why is that important so I have with me a plumb line. If you don't know what this is, um, I think a plumb line is one of the oldest, uh, most um, probably simple but incredibly effective tools there is. So all it is is a weight right here. This is, I believe, a, a 12 ounce piece of brass um, and it's attached to a string. And that is the extent of what a plumb line really is. It's a weight attached to a piece of string. So when you dangle this weight, when you let that weight hang, the string forms a plumb line. So what does that mean? What, what is a plumb line? If I asked you what a plumb line was, you might say a plumb line means that it is straight. And while that's somewhat true. I mean, when you hold this line up, it is straight. 
the more accurate way to describe a plumb line is that it is perfectly vertical. That means it's not leaning one way or the other. It is, it's perfectly upright. It is perfectly vertical. The reason I think that's so important is because I could draw a straight line in really any number of infinite uh, directions. On any axis, I can draw any straight line. All of these lines are straight, but only one of those infinite number of lines is perfectly vertical is perfectly plumb. There's only one. And so when the Lord says, behold, I'm setting a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel, what's he saying? He's saying there's one way, it's a perfect way, and I'm putting it in the midst of my people Israel to judge whether or not they line up with that plumb line whether or not they line up with my plumb line, with my standard of perfection. So the Lord holds out a plumb line like this, and he's measuring you and I, he's measuring us, his church, to see whether or not we line up with his standard of perfection. So what is his standard of perfection. You know, when we miss that mark, like if we're a little bit askew, if we're leaning a little bit one way or the other, if we're off of that plumb line, off of that vertical line, that perfect standard that the Lord has for us, if we're leaning one way or another, that's sin in, in our life. That's, that's really what it comes down to, that sin in our life. And so, you know, when you look at what sin is, the biblical definition, the, the Greek, the Hebrew, what sin is, uh, you might find that it is to miss the mark. That's, what, that's when, when you look it up in, in ancient roots, in, in the ancient text, to miss the mark, that's what sin means. So, I mean, that, that lines up perfectly here. If we're missing that mark, if we're missing that standard of perfection, if we're missing it, that's sin in our life. But I, I go a little bit uh, deeper, a little bit um, more in-depth with our, our teenagers. Um, and hopefully, I would hope that if you ask any of the teenagers that, that attend the canyon on Wednesday nights, um, hopefully they would be able to tell you our definition of sin, which is this. Sin is any thought, any action, any motivation that goes against God. That's, what, that's how we define sin. Any thought, any action, any motivation that goes against God. So, God has a way that he thinks. There's a, there's a, a, a way that the Lord thinks about people. There's a way that the Lord thinks about the situations in the, in the world around us. There's a way that the Lord thinks. And if my thought life, what I'm thinking, if my thought life doesn't line up with God, that's sin in my life. There's a perfect, vertical, upright standard. And if my thought life doesn't line up with that, if it's leaning in one direction or the other, that's sin in my life. If my actions don't line up with the way that God would do things, that's sin in my life. There's a, there's a way that God does things. There's a way that God um, acts toward people. There's a way that God carries himself. And, and 
if I'm not doing that, if I'm carrying myself and representing myself in a way that's contrary to the way that God would have me act, if I'm askew one way or another, that's sin in my life. And then that last one, a motivation. God is motivated by certain things. He's motivated by restoration. He's motivated by salvation. He's motivated by healing. And if my motivation, if my what what I'm uh, if if my motivations aren't lining up with how God uh, is motivated, that's sin in my life. That is something that is not perfectly upright. It is not vertical. It is, it is askew one way or another. And somehow I need to start lining up with that plumb line that the Lord has set in his hand to judge his people Israel, to judge us his church. There's a plumb line in his hand and I need to, to line up with that. My thoughts my actions, my motivations need to line up with those things. So let's, let's, uh, let's take a look um, in another place, another place that a plumb line is, is uh, referenced in Isaiah uh, chapter 28. All right, Isaiah's a few books to the left of Amos. Isaiah chapter 28, we're going to start in verse 14. Says this, therefore, hear the word of the Lord, you scoffers, who rule this people in Jerusalem. Because you have said, We have made a covenant with death, and with Sheol we have made an agreement. When the overwhelming whip passes through, it will not come to us. For we have made lies our refuge, and in falsehood we have taken shelter. So, what, what have they done? They have lied to themselves. They have said that this thing that is, that is uh, not true, we're going to take shelter in this. We're going to believe this and we're going to build our life on this. We're going to, we're going to hide ourselves behind this thing, this idea, this, you know, whatever you might want to call it. We're going to hide behind this thing and trust that whatever this is, is going to protect us. And the Lord says, no, you've made lies your refuge. You've made falsehood your shelter. Instead, this is what the Lord's going to do. Therefore, thus says the Lord in verse 16. Therefore, thus says the Lord, behold, I am the one who is laid as a foundation in Zion, a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone as a sure foundation. Let's talk about a cornerstone for a second. I know at the end of this, you know, we're talking about plumb lines and cornerstones. By the end of this uh, message, you're going to be master builders, master carpenters. Um, but let, let's talk about a cornerstone. A corner, why is a cornerstone so important? Well, a cornerstone, like the name mentions, is a stone it is in the corner, and the reason that's important is because everything that's built off of that corner is a direct reflection of that cornerstone. So the Lord says, I'm going to put a tested, a precious stone as that cornerstone, and it's going to set the course for everything that comes off of everything that's built off of that stone, off of that cornerstone, it's going to be a reflection of it. And so... Who is that cornerstone? Let's say it together on the count of three. One, two, three. 
Jesus is our cornerstone that the Lord's talking about here in Isaiah. Jesus, that one who is tested and proven to be true, that perfect, upright, vertical perfection, Jesus, is our cornerstone who we are built off of. And he says, whoever believes will not be in haste. And I will make justice the line and righteousness the plumb line. So the Lord says, I'm setting up amongst my people Israel, I'm setting up this precious stone, this, this tested, tried and true cornerstone that I have taken my plumb line and I've set against this stone and it is proven to be 100% accurate. It is, it is not leaning, it is not biased in one direction or another. It is perfectly true and in perfect uh, harmony with the ways of God, Jesus, the cornerstone, and everything that's built off of that in reference to that cornerstone is also going to be tried, it's going to be true, it's going to be perfect. That's what, that's what the Lord says. So my question, and what the Lord's pointing out to me, is this that in the midst of, of everything that we see going on in the world around us, what is what is that thing that, that is that is testing us? What is that thing that we're lining up with? There's lots of things that we can line up with in this world. We can line up with things on Facebook. We can line up with our friends. We can line up with our family. We can line up with people who are constantly speaking or at least constantly typing um, and, and getting into our heads. We can line up with a political system. We can line up um, with a, a left wing or a right wing. We can line up with all sorts of different things. But only one thing is tried and only one thing is true, and that is Jesus himself. And Jesus does not lean. He's not biased. He is only focused on what, the, on what the Father has for him. One thing I want to point out that's pretty, um, pretty important about a plumb line is that if I'm building a wall and I, I, I put my plumb line up against uh, my 2x4 stud, and I see that my stud is, is leaning, it's, it's off of this plumb line, it's not, it's not in alignment with this line, it's not perfectly vertical. If I see that that's off, I have, I have a decision to make. I, have, I can do one of two things. I can adjust my, my wall or I can ignore it. I can either adjust it or I can ignore it. I can either fix it or I can walk away. The plumb line doesn't fix it. This plumb line, this string, it's going to point out, but it's not going to fix the problem. It's not going to, it's not there to, to adjust that two by four for me, adjust that wall for me. That's not, that's not what it's going to do. The, the, the plumb line is going to show me where I'm missing the mark, but it's up to me to actually adjust something in order to make it line up. Meaning this, if I get in the Word, 
the true plumb line, the Word of God, Jesus, the Word made flesh, if I get in the Word, but I don't do anything to adjust my life to the Word, then I'm just ignoring the fact that things in my life are out of plumb, that things in my life don't quite line up, that I'm saying I'm okay with the sin in my life, I'm okay with my thought life being out of whack, I'm, a, I'm okay with my actions and the way that I present myself not quite lining up to the way that God would represent or have me represent him. I'm okay with the way my motivations are currently, that, that things don't need to, I, I don't need to adjust, even though I've seen it in the word, I've seen where things don't quite line up in my life, where things aren't necessarily plumb in my life, I've seen it, but I'm going to ignore it and I'm going to walk away. That's actually described in in James chapter 1. If you want to turn there, um, you can turn with me. You got to do it fast because I'm already there. James chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 22. It says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, because if you're doing that, if you're just hearing the word but not doing it, then you're deceiving yourself. James goes on to say, for anyone, uh, any hearer, if anyone is a hearer of the word, not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. He looks at himself and he goes away and he forgets what he looked like. I like to think of it like this. He looked in the mirror. He saw himself. He saw that he didn't actually look like Jesus. But when he walked away, he thought, wow, I look good. I do look like Jesus, even though a couple minutes ago he saw his, current, he saw his true condition. Even though James uses this, this illustration of a mirror, I think this illustration of a plumb line and what the Old Testament, what Amos and Isaiah use, a plumb line is also very relevant. That we can hold the plumb line of God's word up against our life. But if we're not lining up with things, if we're not, if we're not adjusting things, if we're not trying to fix something when we see that it's off in the word of God, if we're not trying to fix our life and allow the Holy Spirit to have room to work in our life to change the way we think, to change the way we act, to change our motivation... If we're not allowing that to happen, we're just ignoring it and we're deceiving ourselves. You're saying that you're one thing, but you're not actually that thing. It's my prayer for you, church. It's my prayer for the church in America. It's my prayer for myself that we, the church, would stop ignoring the plumb line of God. We would stop ignoring the plumb line of God's word. We would see where we're missing the mark, that it would grieve us in our soul, and that we would fix that thing that God's pointing out to us. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would show us our condition and that we wouldn't walk away from it, that we wouldn't ignore it, that you would convict us, Holy Spirit, what we're doing wrong, Show us where we're missing the mark because we want to fix it, Lord. We want to be more like you. We want our thought life to line up with you. We want our actions to line up with you.
We want our motivations to line up with you. So, Father, I pray that you show us, and, Lord, that we would be obedient and respond to your plumb line. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, church. Have a great week.